If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. What's going on, everybody? This is Leadership Lean In Podcast. I am very excited for today. We have a very special guest. I just want to say thank you that while we are in the midst of being quarantined, we are quarantined but connected. And so I just want to say thank you for uh, checking out the last episode we put out was with Catherine Pratt. Amazing content there. And uh, we're going to continue to do some of these from... I got to be honest, I'm in my bedroom. Uh, We're going to continue to put some of these out uh, as we're quarantined but connected. I have with me uh, today one of my best friends in the whole world, Pastor Rich Wilkerson Jr. is going to join us. But uh, thank you for subscribing. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for posting about it. It means the world to myself and to our team getting the word out. Uh, One of my favorite lines about leadership is when the leader gets better, everyone gets better. And uh, I'm going to say it in this episode, but leadership is still the most felt need thing in the world. And so we're going to learn, we're going to lean into the subject of leadership, and uh, we might not be the greatest of the greats, but we're getting a little bit better day by day. So let's go to this, I was going to say months, but we changed it up. We're doing two a month now. Let's go to this second edition of Quarantine But Connected Leadership Leaning with my man, Rich Wilkerson Jr. Let's check it out. All right. Hey, welcome, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. We have with us none other than he is a um, he is a leadership leaning regular. Like, Chad, this is only a second time. Uh, I wish you'd have me on more. My brother, we are quarantined but connected. All the way from Miami, from Voo Church, my guy, Rich Wilkerson Jr. I feel like we need to like have claps and use effects and sounds like that. How you? How you feel? You, you should. We've been doing um, air chest like bumps oh, in the air. I like that. Boom! I felt my boom. Um, how you? How, we're filming this at night, by the way, everybody. Uh, how you feeling? Yeah. I'm feeling good, man. I'm I'm uh, learning the new rhythm. I'm always a person who's kind of up for a challenge. And so as soon as I turn something into a challenge in my mind, it gets a whole lot more exciting. So the challenge for me right now is obviously staying in my home, being in my house with my wife and my two sons, right. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We living the dream. Sabbath together. <laughs> We're doing good. And as they say, living the dream. It's what we dreamt of. Living the dream, brother. It's what I've always dreamed of it. I love it. I've always wanted to run a business at home with my kids right next to my side as I take phone calls and try and strategize my way out of this thing. My, my schedule is like hilarious because it's like wake up, do breakfast with my kids, watch a Disney movie, answer some emails, eat lunch, play in the dirt for an hour and a half, do a conference call by my trash can. Zoom session during nap time, go on a jog at 3 p.m., another Disney movie, dinner, 
another Disney movie, bottle, book, song, and then I get online at night. So it's just a weird world, but I'm getting stronger, Chad. It's just unbelievable. I was, we were sitting there having dinner tonight, and I go to Joe and go, I can't believe how much money we're saving. Like, it's an unbelievable thought to go, like, I go, how, I go, how much did dinner cost tonight? She goes, chicken, broccoli, potato. This is a $9 dinner. Yeah, PB&J. 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 Uh, PB Bro, I mean, literally for $35 a year, you can eat PB&Js every day. By the way, I took the advice of someone and I did the, uh, you know, I put my, my, my bread into the toaster and it was all bad. It was all bad. Really? No, you got to just really? go regular with the bread. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I fully agree. I appreciate your content on the PB&J. It's really helped us. We're trying to help people. Um, I want to jump in and talk about, um, you know, this time is a very trying time for so many people. I think obviously yeah. my heart goes out to people in, in, you know, the economic reality of losing their jobs and the financial pressure for families. And here in LA, we've had so many people that had to move back home. That's just a real reality. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there is so many fronts of this. There's like the health front, there's the financial front. Uh, there's, there's just so many dynamics at play. And you, you know, I, I watch people go, I didn't realize I was going to have to lead through crisis. And sometimes mm -hmm. I feel like, wow, this is, we're in the midst of that. And sometimes I feel like, you know, uh, this isn't crisis. We're going to be fine. I kind of vacillate a little bit. Great word. Talk to me about communication in this time. Cause I feel like you're really on it with social media on your team, zoom meetings. What are you communicating? And what are some of the narratives you're trying to really control in this time that we're being quarantined? Mm, that's a great question. You know, I think leadership is communication. So anybody who's watching this right now, I know we've got a lot of people that follow uh, the Leadership Lean In podcast and YouTube uh, that lead in all sorts of different spaces, not just the church, but you better understand if you're going to lead on any sphere or any capacity, you're going to have to learn the art of communication. And communication is one part what you say, and the second part's how you say it. And so I think in this time right now, what do we want to be saying? Well, we want to always be giving the truth. We want to be honest. I think sometimes in a crisis, or in challenges, people like ignore the elephant in the room. So even like weeks ago when we were first kind of getting wind of this, we decided, this was before churches shut down, we did a video to our church just because we wanted to speak right to the issue and right to the fear. And we kind of did like a PSA, if you will, a public service announcement to our church to say, hey, this is what we're doing right now about the virus. We understand that some of you um, are concerned or have fears to come to church. You're under no pressure. We don't want you to feel obligation from us. Um, Great. Because we want, you to, we want you to be safe. I remember this happened to us early, I think it was in 2015, our first year of church. I'll never forget it because uh, Zika was big. Uh, it was a huge thing for pregnant women. In uh, Miami, yeah. if you can believe this, Wynwood, where our first location is, was in the target zone. Like they had, like yeah. CNN had drawn like a target zone and like the school that we were meeting in is like dead center. And I'll never forget it because we made a decision like that week when we heard it. We sent an email informing everybody that was like serving in the parking lot teams or serving outside just the precautions that they needed to take, what they should wear. Um, but the big part of the whole email was if you feel fear or you're under pressure, you are not obligated. We, we would prefer for you to stay home. And I just grew up in a world many times that church was kind of, whether it was on purpose or not, it was slightly manipulative. 
it was slightly playing towards faith is, you know, you show up to church and don't let us down and weird strands of loyalty. And I've actually learned that when you just give the honest truth yep. and when you actually relieve people from the pressure, their desire, the fact that they believe you and trust you, the trust builds the desire to say, I want to be there. I want to serve in the midst of it. So when you said, how do you, how do you communicate through crisis? I think the what side of it is being honest, being truthful. Yeah. And so a lot of that just looks like saying, Hey, day by day, we're just going, Hey, we are getting information just like you minute by minute, moment by moment. And, uh, we were asking for you to be flexible because we don't really know right. what we're doing. We never led in this time, but we're going to do our best. Um, elephant in the room. I, I think we want to speak in a subtle, but direct way of saying, Hey, giving's going down. We want to be aware of the fact that if giving's going down in the church, it's because giving's going down in people's homes. So before I make this an issue about the church, I want to make it an issue about their home first. Hey, let's be sensitive. We know right now that you're dealing with finances. We want to let you know, once again, there's no obligation here for you to give. We're going to be okay. However, yeah. this is what, this is what Voo Church is doing right now to meet needs and to help people. And if you have a place you want to give, we're a great place to give. And then I think the how side of things is, you know, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Yep. I want to wrap everything with a gospel filter, which is good news. Mm. So even if I'm delivering bad news, even if I got the worst news ever, hey, death. Well, even death for the Christian. <laughs> death, where is your sting? The fact that Jesus is resurrected and he's alive always gives us the, the ability to, to lean into hope and to lean into not the temporal things of this earth, but to the eternal. I love so it. I'm always looking for packaging something with hope, something with good news. Um, one of the things we've been doing is we've been making fun of ourselves a lot and having fun in the midst of it. Um, I think that's a good thing to do. I think that people are, 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 are fearful. And if you can use humor in, in a sensitive, fun way, making the joke about you or on you, it sets people at ease. And so totally. I don't know if that answers the question totally, but I think for us, leadership is communication. Communication is what you're saying and how you're saying it. And for us during this time of crisis, I would encourage every leader out there, lead with the truth, lead with the facts of what you're getting, lead with honesty, be honest about how you feel where you're at, but package that with hope, package that with faith, package that with courage, with bravery. I keep talking to our team right now. And I'm like, on one hand, I'm like, hey, I don't know what this is going to look like, but I know we're going to get through it. Hey, I don't know when we'll be back in church. I know that church is going to change, but hey, we're going to be stronger because of it. Hey, I don't know how everything is going to turn out. But I know this, we're going to become more, not less. So, yeah. so that's kind of the tension right there. Does that I make sense? That. No, it makes perfect sense. I, I want to talk about, you sent me a text. We were texting this morning about out of these five thoughts, what not to say. I thought that was such a great thought, what not to say. And it made me think, it really bothered me. I heard a pastor say, and you know, I think sometimes people feel like when they're in leadership, they have to come up with these elaborate solutions and ideas of what's happening and to be honest like what you're saying it's okay to not know the answers you you, you got to start there with being just being like vulnerable and honest and going like so this guy said you know i think the reason why god's doing this is so that we can reconnect with our families it's like bro that is not god is not doing this he's not the author of this of course we know god can use anything he could use anything, but he's not making this happen. So we spend time with our families. That that's a very bad narrative. Sure. So it leads me to the question: What not to say? Like, what are some mm-hmm. things that stand out to you right away? You're like, you know what? You don't need to say. That's a great example. You don't need to say. Yeah, I I think for us in the context of the text that you and I were going back and forth with, it was really around pastoral care and some of our team and preparing our team for 
um, the weeks to come and making sure that we are prepared, that we are ready, um, that we do know the facts, that there's people that are going to be suffering financially. There's going to be people that are suffering physically. And so getting our team trained and prepared that everybody, like, like you and I have always taught this way. This is a very biblical principle. It's like, I carry the title of pastor of our church, but my job as the pastor of the church is to equip the saints for ministry, which means I'm equipping people to pastor people, to shepherd people, to encourage people. And I think in this hour right now, there's going to be a whole lot more need in a quantity factor, just like the hospitals are going to be full. I think that the people uh, that are going through pain and emotional trauma or mental trauma or spiritual fatigue are going to need encouragement. And so I want our team right now to be getting coached on what does the Bible say about pain and suffering? What does the Bible say about anxiety and fear? And can you start getting that word in you so it comes out of you? But yeah, that last point was, hey, what's, what are some things that we shouldn't be saying? Right away in my mind, I don't want anybody in my team that when someone's bringing them their pain, that my team then tries to one-up them with their pain. This is like classic. Like I was in small group the other night, you know, it's classic. And like, I felt so silly because I was like being vulnerable and I gave like, you know, my struggle. And then there's somebody in my small group who's going through a much harder situation. Right. And right away when I heard that, I was like, what am I doing as the pastor of our church right now? Like this, I'm here to help encourage people. And I'm over here like, this has been hard babysitting. Been hard, man. So, like if you're not careful, if you're not, if you're not going to that, it's like, don't, right. don't, when people are coming to you looking for encouragement, don't then right. you be broken and, and leak out that you need their encouragement. Yeah. You need to, you don't process with people that can't solve your yeah. problems. So people are coming to the church right now for their problems to be solved. It's not like, hey, yeah, man, I'm bleeding out too. It's like, you've got to find another person to be encouraging you. I think also that you want to be a person who's not like, who's not just hanging out in the pit. You're looking for a solution. You're, hmm. you're trying to uplift the conversation. It doesn't mean you have to be like, hey, you should, don't give people three-point sermons, but continue to coach people towards, once again, the eternal, towards Jesus, the love of Jesus. Um, be available to listen. How about listen more than you speak? Um, I think we're so good at like giving answers. It's like people don't need your answers when they just lost their 401k. People don't need your yep. answers when their life's work just went down the drain. Like yep. my, my tweets or my, my, my cool sound bites or like my leadership bite. It's like, dude, I just need a friend right now. So right. I think every scenario is different. I think what you're saying right now is I think people, they feel like they have to speak and defend God and interpret this catastrophe or crisis and give a spiritual meaning for it. And I think it's just all very, very soon to try to label that and what God's doing. Of course, I think it's awesome to find the good in it. So that's yeah. awesome that someone's going, man, I get to be with my family. That's a really good outlook. If that's helping sure. you, if that's shifting your perspective, if that's getting you going, like beautiful. But to blanket anything and speak on behalf of God as to why this is happening, right? well, that's the office of a prophet. And I'd be very, very careful as you tread into that territory, if that's the role that you want to take on. So for our team, I think I don't want them to, I don't want them to match people's pain and try to like one up them. I don't want people to speak out too quickly. I want them to listen more. I want people to try to, when they do get moments to encourage, to give a bigger viewpoint. What would you say about your team or to people that, what do you think you shouldn't be saying? Yeah, I think the same thing. I think the, the things that we should be saying are like you said, the things that we know. What do we know about God's character? What do we know about God's nature? What, like stand on those things. I always think like grass withers, flower fades, 
word of God will last forever. So we got to point to the stuff that's everlasting right now, not opinions or sound bites or things that, you know, because the problem for me is what it can get very, um, you know, we get lured into this whole thought of like, I can get a cheap amen in our field of work, stuff that sounds like, oh, that's good. But it's like, like that, when I heard that guy say, God's doing this because he want to bring us to our family. I go, oh, yeah, you're going to get an amen from some people, but that's not good. That's not true. So we're just trying to, um, I'm really trying to encourage our team to speak to the pain of people and to encourage people. Who is God? He's a comforter. He's the God of peace. He is our provider. He is our protector. All the things that we know about God that we can stand and look anybody in the eyes and, and, and say, this is who God is right now. It's good. And, and, and really prepare, you know, for the worst of times if they come, you know, the worst, as they say in, in the media has not hit yet. So like, I like what you're saying. We got to be prepared for that. I want to talk about, I think it was John Maxwell that was saying this recently, the greatest felt need in the world is leadership. Like what people mm. need the most, there is a leadership void in the world even today what the announcement is very controversial and it's a crisis of leadership i like i like that we're talking about it you in this time i feel like i always do this you've done such a great job of putting out content and like putting out like i love that blue vault because i think what people need right now is like hey feed my soul like we were talking about last night on that on that instagram live selena reached out she's like yeah. hey send me sermons What's she really saying? I've got a felt need and the felt need in my life is leadership. I need leadership. I need somebody to speak to my storm and speak to my soul, touch my spirit in a way that helps me go, we're going to be all right. I feel yeah. like you do such a great job of putting out content. I think you work so hard at putting out content. Talk to me about, because I think this is leadership. Leadership is not just with the staff and, you know, with, with whoever you work with in, in, in your office. I think it's about also having a narrative that's further than your office. How, how have you been thinking about and approaching content in this time? I feel like you've upped the ante on content. Talk to me about that. But yeah, I think that we're just in a moment right now where, A, just the practical side of everyone being quarantined and sitting at home, um, people are not used to that. And so people are scrolling all day long. People are sitting in front of their television. And whatever you ingest is what you're going to digest. And so the reality of the matter is, is I want to make sure that we are depositing to people hope, love, faith, gospel, good news, leadership. And really good leadership, a great phrase I heard it, is good leaders are a non-anxious presence. Mm. And that's what Jesus was. Everywhere that Jesus went, he was a non-anxious presence. And people that's gravitate right. towards that. And people in the middle of a crisis are looking everywhere for a non-anxious presence. Somebody who's in the storm, but who's not being impacted by the storm. I love that. Somebody who's in the fire, but they're not burning up. Somebody who's in the valley, but they're still walking through it. And it's a great opportunity, I think, for the church of Jesus Christ, A, to shine, but also for leaders to discover what is inside of you. Because the only way you can ever find out what's inside of you is for pressure to hit your life. Whatever's, when you get squeezed, what comes out of you? Mm. I heard, I'm reading this book. We're doing this, this study. It's a parenting book by Paul David Tripp, shout out. And we're reading it every morning. It's got like 14 chapters. And so the quarantine was 14 days. And he, he was given this beautiful analogy. I just love it. And the analogy is if I have a bowl of water and you come by and bump me and the water falls out, it's very easy to say, well, 
because Chad bumped you, that's why the water spilled out. That's what a lot of people would say. Yeah, because you were bumped by Chad, the water spilled out. And that makes sense to a degree, but it's not actually the truth. The reason why the water spilled out of the bowl is because water was in the bowl. So you could put something else inside of the bowl and that's what would come out of the bowl. And the truth of the matter is, is that when we get bumped in life, when we get shoved in life right. and pressure hits us in life, whatever's in the bowl is what's going to come out of it. And so we can't blame the activity. We can't blame the storm. We can't blame the valley. We can't blame the obstacle. No, the responsibility comes back to us that what is on the inside of you. And so when I'm thinking about content right now, once again, I'm wanting to put out into the world. I want people to be able to document and watch, not somebody who has all the answers, not somebody who's perfect, but mm -hmm. somebody who is authentically going back to communication, giving you the truth, but then how they're giving you the truth is in a compelling way. And so right away, the first staff meeting we have, virtual staff meeting was about a week ago. And uh, I just told our staff four things I'm expecting out of you right now. I'm expecting every one of you to be available. You gotta be available right now. I'm expecting everyone of you to be resp responsive. Like it's very easy working from home to be like, oh, I was gone. Yeah. No, keep the phone on you. We are in the middle of a crisis right now. The church is one of three things at all times, a family, an organization, and an army. And if you're not sure right now which one we are, we are the army of Jesus Christ. We are in the midst of it. You ain't sure. Yes, sir. No, sir. How high do you want me to jump, sir? Sure, I'll do that. So that's, the, that's the tone we're in right now. Number three, I said we're going to be innovative because every, every limitation is always an opportunity for innovation. That's it. And number four, I so said we're going to be sensitive, which is what we're talking about a second ago, which is people's pain and people's issues. And so we've just been documenting everything. It's like right now we're doing a Zoom call. It's going to go on your podcast, but I'm sure our team will get a hold of this and cut it up and find points that we think are felt needs to help people because we just want to get the right stuff into people's systems. They're looking right now. They're craving right now for somebody not who has it all together, but somebody who's not shaken by the storm, or if they are shaken, right. what's coming out of them is the good stuff, is the right stuff. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And so I'm just, I just told our team, we are, the church has a message. Our message is Jesus. It's the gospel. We're preachers. We spend all week long crafting and creating this, this moment and this event, and we work with people and teams to get people to this event to inspire them with the gospel, to remind them. We get them to bring their friend. It's very, very beautiful. Well, right now, we don't have that event going on. We can't open those doors up. But the church can be more alive than ever. We're coming yep. to you as we're posting four times a day with encouragement. And so we've created four new platforms within a two-week period. Monday through Friday, we have a live Instagram, YouTube, Facebook show from my house called Rich in DC Live. What's the purpose? Entertainment and encouragement. Noon every single day, we're live on all platforms for prayer. It's 10 minutes prayer. Our team is there to encourage, to worship. Uh, we've opened up the VU Vault. All that is is past content. We're live streaming it and creating watch parties to have conversations around these things. We started a thing called COVID Hacks. And all we're doing is we're just telling people in our church, grab your cell phone and let's give people hacks every day. How to cook good recipes, how to study your Bible better, how to do home workouts, how to put your kids to sleep without losing your mind. Like whatever we can think of that we're challenged with, we're trying to give them answers and trying to be there. I really think that every church leader who's out there right now, you have a decision to make. The way you behave right now in this crisis is going to determine on the other side, are you going to become more or are you going to become less? Yeah. 
I don't know what the other side looks like. I just know this, that Voo Church, myself, my family, my wife and I, our kids, we're going to become more. doesn't mean that we're going to be bigger on the outside externally. It doesn't mean there'll be more people or more money. It means that from the inside out, our capacity will be bigger. Our spirit will be bigger. Our love for Jesus will be deeper. And we're going to grow. And that's always the challenge, right? When you're in something, it's like, ah, oh, I want to get out of it. Well, that's the wrong mentality. God has us here for some reason. I'm not mm -hmm. saying he caused the virus, but here we are. And we decided, are we going to make the most of this situation? Are we going to grow? Are we going to innovate? Let's innovate, man. Like, I think, I know our church will never be the same. Yeah. And so right now, the whole mantra is document it all. Everything's content. People, people are so lonely and bored and disconnected. That's why we're going to Instagram live and talking and it doesn't have to all be serious. It can be funny and chill, making PB and J's, but you're just going, Hey, I'm here for you and I'm available. And I think that when they're in the storm and they see us being there for them and making time, I think that when we get back on a dry ground, they're going to remember it. And I think that they're going they to see a great harvest because of it. So those are my thoughts. I love those thoughts. You get me fired up. You're such a preacher. I felt like amen in you the whole time. Yeah, I mean, that's some that's of your best stuff right there. Let's go. Uh, I'm sorry. I know, I, know, I know this. I know this platform is full of entrepreneurs, fitness, fitness entrepreneurs. Sure, sure. Yeah. But I like the idea. We're going to be more after this and not less. More. And that is, you know, any time. Life is rarely what happens to you. It is, it's how you respond right. to what happens to you. And I think we just have so much control over the narrative of what's going forward. And I think, you know, we're looking at what's in my hand. Like, I love that whole thought. I've got something good in my hand and I've got something good in my heart. Always, mm. I can only use what's in my hand to build what's in my heart. Nothing in my heart has changed. <laughs> Nothing in my hand really has changed. I've got a fault. This morning I woke up to some texts from, uh, some good friends of ours, someone in their family passed away. So I was on the phone this morning, six, six in the morning, praying with people on the phone, calling, texting. I'm so sorry. And I'm just like in my head going, you're not limited. We're praying with people, crying with people this morning. And it's like, I've got a phone. If I got a phone, I can do so much. I'm not mm -hmm. limited. I'm not restricted. I've got the ability and thank God for technology. Thank God for social media. We've had, we have the ability to put out so much good in the world. There's so many people Amen. we can help right now. Um, I want to I talk about, use the word sensitive. Because I do think that's such a key word in crisis. That there's got to be sensitivity in leadership. I don't enjoy dogmatic leadership in particular in crisis. Like I really don't, I don't like extreme in that. I, I like being around anyone that has a sense of humility, a sense of, I, I don't have all the answers. But above that, I think that this caring for others, like I just am so inspired by Zion Williamson and, you know, guys, uh, Joel, Embi Joel Embiid today for the Sixers and just Patrick Schwarzinger and, and Maria and those guys and what they're doing. Every, everywhere you look, it's like, dude, humanity. Like, okay, we love the Holy Spirit in our context, but the human spirit, which is also from God, is pretty extraordinary. And when you look at it, we have an opportunity to be sensitive and to love people. Today, our team went and delivered to four different houses. We just kind of knocked on the door, stood back, brought some groceries. People didn't expect them. Tears, just tears. And I go, how can we right now in this time 
be sensitive. And in our field, we use the term pastoral care. But what are some thoughts you have right now? You're encouraging people to text or call or send yeah. gift cards. Like, what are you thinking about when it comes to helping people right now? I think once again, when it comes to this idea of leadership, good leaders understand the art of empathy. And empathy is the ability to put your feet into somebody else's shoes. And the more and more you can do that, the more and more you're going to be fit to lead. The more and more I can seek to understand you before I'm seeking for you to understand me is what's going to make me a better, stronger leader. And it sounds easy, but it's difficult. It's, it's so easy to see just half of the story, which is your side. But good leadership is always going over to the other side. I heard a great, um, I was in some theological courses in December with some of our team. We had North Central University sent some of their professors down. We did a two-day crash course on biblical leadership. It was really beautiful. And I'm a soundbite guy. I love phrases. That kind of stuff sticks with me. And that's how I preach and teach. And that's how I lead repeatable phrases, uh, mantras. And this guy said something that was just fundamental that as I've been repeating it over and over again, he said, I can't disagree with you until I first agree with you. And what he meant by that and is that I can't actually create a good argument with you until I totally understand your position, until I can totally see how you're coming to your conclusion. I think many times the world that we live in right now is so polarizing, so divided. We're all just talking about our side and our side and our side. Mm. But good leaders, they come and they see it from both sides and they try to find a middle ground. What's amazing about crisis is that crisis, once again, it, it squeezes us. And what comes out of us is the true nature of who we are. And you're seeing people right now as they're getting squeezed, that empathy is oozing out of them, that generosity was always in them. You're seeing greed being squeezed out of other people. You're seeing, um, right. you're seeing self-preservation from others. But, but there's this other group of people that it's, and it's, it's inspiring and it's heartfelt. And I just continue to encourage our team right now that we have a great opportunity. Listen to me. If you speak and if you touch people's brokenness, you will always have an audience. And right now the audience has never been bigger. People are in pain. It was C.S. Lewis who said, God whispers in our pleasures, but he shouts in our pain. And all we got to do is be there and be available. And so as a team and as a church, yeah, same things that we're doing uh, service projects almost daily right now, which is most of it's delivering food one-on-one. Um, we've been packaging food. Yeah. Our pastoral care side within our church, um, we're, we're, our, our small group numbers are kind of going through the roof right now as we're going digital, we're going virtual. All of our crews are online, which has been cool, but we've just been going through the Rolodex. That's an old word, but just going through the contact list of just getting in touch with everybody just checking on people. Yeah. I've noticed just in my neighborhood, you know, like I've, I've met most of my neighbors, but man, I, I haven't had this length of conversations with my next door neighbor, the neighbor across the street. And you can just tell it's a setup from God that he's opening up a door. Storms do this, right? Like storms, they create these opportunities, these challenges where we need one another. Now there's a conversation. Now there's an opportunity. And so um, on the pastoral care side, we're, we're trying to tell everyone, we've got we've to lead with empathy. Right. We've got we've to lead with, man, like maybe you still got your job, but you, you better understand that a lot of people don't. Maybe you're, you're fine and you're healthy and you're 25 and you got quarantined early and you feel great and you're just mad because you know, you've had to watch so many Netflix series and this is so difficult. Well, you better change your attitude. You better see it from somebody else's position. You better, you better read a story that's going to move your heart because there's a great opportunity to serve right now. And so 
sensitive side of us is checking on people left and right. We're trying to create systems. We sent out early, like if you need any kind of help, there's a, there's a help form. And so hundreds of people have already filled that out and just meeting needs, meeting financial needs, meeting physical needs, and definitely meeting spiritual needs, prayer, small groups. All of our teams are huddling in, uh, on Sundays and trying to make sure that connection continues to happen. I love that. I think that that is such an attractive quality, that empathy, that sympathy, that, that brokenness. And um, I always feel it's like- It's an art form. It's an art form. But man, it, when it's sincere, when it's genuine, it's so appreciated. It's like, I think of that proverb, it says, what is desired in a man is loving kindness. Mm -hmm. I always found such comfort in that because it never said like, what's desired in a man is like abs or money or like success. Yeah. I always think what is desired in a leader is kindness, loving mm -hmm. kindness. That will take you far. People will tolerate your lack of gift and exchange it for a kind leader. They really will. They 100% totally. will. I, I want to talk about, you know, your, your church is four years old. Uh, you're, a, you're a few weeks younger than we started at the same time. We're four years old. We're getting started. And here comes this, this wrench in some regards. Uh, it's a financial reality. It's a staffing reality. There's a lot of different dynamics to this. Who are people that you're looking to to get counsel? to get wisdom from, uh, you're, you're, you know, you're young, by the way, you're, is your birthday? When is your birthday? You're March baby. Yeah, it's this week, Saturday, March 28th. Julie was like, I think it was Rich's birthday. And she goes, I thought it was March 19th. I go, no, 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 no. That's my dad's birthday. What are you, are you the 29th? 28. 28. HBD. We gonna celebrate via Zoom. Quarantine 36, baby. Yo, I'm sending you a gift card, dog. Like, that guy. Thank you. Um, Thank you. But you're, you, you know, we would still be considered to a lot of people, young leaders. How do you go get counsel? How do you get wisdom? What are, what are, you know, who do you look to in times like this? You have great family heritage. Your father's a brilliant, amazing leader who we esteem your father-in-law the same. Um, but for you right now, you're going like, I got my family wisdom, but I'm also, I honor this as well, of course. Yeah. But I'm also looking at these guys. How, who are you looking to and, and how do you choose leaders? Sure. I think that first we've got a great circle of friends, which is so nice, a brotherhood, guys that are, are peers or, or a little bit older. I'm sort of the young one of all of our peers, but, but, but brothers, big brothers. And uh, most of them are leading really great churches, bigger churches, larger churches, in many cases, more significant churches in terms of the global uh, church. And so getting to kind of bounce ideas off of you and Judah and, and Carl, you know, Judah was shut his church down before I think anyone I ever knew and was ahead of that. It's, it's just the type of, he's an, you know, intuitive leader. Hold on, cares on. About people. I was with him when he got the text and he goes, oh, Chelsea said they just, Shut down the church. So he didn't make that call. We ain't giving him that sure. credit. He's brilliant. His, yeah. He didn't make that call. But the two are one flesh is all I'm saying. <laughs> you know, like, because start because that was a good brotherhood. I would say the same thing for me is Don Cherie is just, she's well beyond her years and wisdom. And so in this kind of stuff, I really follow her lead because when it comes to pastoral care, when it comes to loving people, I don't know anyone better than my wife. Like she just, that's her heart is, is the individual person. But then, of course, I think that you and I are both privileged to be around some of the world's best leaders from, you know, Pastor Chris Hodges. I was, on, I was texting with Pastor Gary Clark today. We have a conference coming up in June, and 
you know, we haven't made any announcements yet on it, but Hillsong Conference comes up in July. It's like, what's everyone do? I was, I was talking to Mark Pettis and, and Pastor Dino Rizzo from the ARC. So, and there's a lot of, you know, great guys that we're able to, uh, to talk to and, and, and to learn from that are, that are further than us. I think the bigger maybe question or the bigger discussion point is just who on the day-to-day, who on your team do you lean on? Because being such young churches, uh, you're probably much like us that I think we have a staff. I think there's 31 people on our staff right now, but people are wearing multiple hats to this day. And we don't have a, a, a publicized lead team or executive team or whatever these terms are, not against terms, but we don't have any of that. But there are a few of us that kind of have, have led the direction of our church. And what you discover once again is in this whole scenario is that it's not just the world being impacted, but your team's being impacted. Our staff has different fears and insecurities. And I I think when it's coming to who am I making decisions with, I'm looking for that same thing I was saying earlier, a non-anxious presence. I'm looking at somebody who is thinking about the bigger story, the whole church, not just them and their family, not just their little story, not just how does it impact them. And God's blessed us with some just incredible leaders on our team that are sacrificial, that are joyful, you know, attitude will take you a really long way, like you're saying, loving and kind, but like a good attitude. Right. Um, these moments, man, capacity, you give people some opportunities, it grows. And I think right now, I mean, pre- I'm talking about presently, right now, I think God is doing something on the Voo Church staff and team that we need to have happen. And it's this crisis known as the coronavirus that is creating it and that is defining it. I think it's also revealing, oh, that's what happens when you get squeezed. Okay, that's what happens when your function gets taken away from you. You, what else do you offer? Do you only, you can only do that. That's your only gift. Um, this is a, this is a chance for everyone to remain flexible. I, I'm doing, I'm doing tonight shows at my house. I'm doing leadership teaching in the day. I'm doing Bible studies in the afternoon. I'm doing, you, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, like I'm preaching four messages in a day. Like it's just, you gotta be, yeah. you gotta be flexible. You gotta pivot. We're doing a zoom call at 11 o'clock at night. Because we, we want to meet the need and we want to, we want to seize the opportunity of where people are at. This, this conversation doesn't mean anything in four months. Hey, so what do you like? Like it's, it, it's meaningful now in the moment to document it. And so you've got to be open and available for those things. So um, I, I think on my team right now, I'm looking for the non-anxious presence. I'm looking at somebody who knows the facts, but is not just, you know, flippantly facing the fear, but is facing the fear with faith. And is bringing solutions. I'm looking for solutions. I'm looking for ideas. You know, John Maxwell always says that creativity is the greatest thing you bring to any organization. And creativity is not like I can paint. Creativity is problem solving. Like that's that's what we do. Like you want to know what leadership is? It's problem solving. It's communicating the answers to people over and over again. So yeah. this is a this is a good um, test for all of us. It really is. Yeah, I think it's a great test, and it reminds me of. Yeah. One of my favorite basketball players is because he's from Tacoma. You know, we're some Tacoma boys. Uh, one of my favorite basketball players is Isaiah Thomas. And one thing he, he always says is this thought, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. And he uses that within, in his profession, the gym. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to practice. I'm going to stay ready. So when it comes game time, or let's say I get in the finals, pressure, I don't have to try and get ready. Like that's the whole thing about leadership I love is that you can – this is the thought. It, it, I love this so much. Greatness does not happen in a day. It happens daily. 
It's a daily mm-hmm. discipline. It's the compound of consistency. And then all of a sudden crisis appears and you're like, you know what? I've read the books. I've gone through some hardship in my life. I've come out on the other side. I feel peace because I keep receiving that from God. And you're ready for this moment. You don't have to try. I think that's the thing about leadership is that you always have the opportunity every day to get a little bit better, a little bit stronger, a little bit wiser. I'm grabbing that thought. One of my favorite thoughts that Jesus says, he says, an evil man stores up evil things in the treasure of his heart. He says, a good man stores up good things in the treasure of his heart. Then he says the famous line, and then out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. But I like that he used for the evil guy and the good man storing up. I never know when I'm going to need that thought, that promise, that quote, that principle, that truth. I've got to stay ready so I don't have to get ready. That's the whole thing about leadership is like, man, we work at this every day. And when I mean work at it, it's like it's a disciplined focus to be the best version of ourselves. So that, you know, when crisis comes, I don't have to try and be somebody I'm not. It's great. That was the entire thesis, really, of what you, myself, and Mike Todd shared about this summer, which was called Scared But Prepared. I've never faced the coronavirus. It's scary. But, yo, I think that God's been preparing us. And you're absolutely right. There's no such thing as an overnight success. There's only over time successes. And so it's the daily routine of what you you put out and what you're focused on. And um, I, I know... I know enough about God. I think I heard Stephen Furtick say this past week. I know enough about God that I'm going to be okay. I'm going to get through this thing. I'm just predetermining right now that when I get through this thing, I'm not less, I'm better. In fact, I'm already writing my testimony. I want to get to the other side and I want my testimony to be, I faced fear with faith. I faced worry with peace. And I fought back of anything that was evil in my mind with good. Anything that was evil in my heart with good. The worst thing to have happen right now for those leaders out there is to get to the other side of this thing and go, oh, I was so afraid the entire time. I was so worried the whole time. I just spoke negativity the whole entire time. No. No, this is an opportunity from God for us to lead and for us to grow. And I just want to encourage everyone out there, Chad. I know there's people listening, but so many people, like, this is an opportunity right now for you to connect with people. The first problem in the Bible was not sin. The first problem in the Bible was solitude, meaning God looked upon Adam and said, it's not good for man to be alone. So this is a great opportunity. I don't care what your platform size is. Pick up your phone and start preaching to people. I don't care if it's 30 people, 20 people. People are desperate to hear your voice and they want to connect with you. Get people connecting virtually and you watch on the other side of this thing. You're going to have a whole lot more than what you started with. I love you, brother. I'm going to end it. I love you, bro.